Welcome to the Rose Garden. I'm Holly and I'm here with Julia. Hi everyone. Week two. So exciting. This week is, was a week. I I don't even know. I feel tired too. Like I had a tiring week, but like this episode made me more tired. I was very much, I'm happy with how it was paced. I felt like they were good. It was a good episode to have like very little actually progress as far as narrative in the season. We got like two dates only. Yes. The end of a rose ceremony after the cocktail party already happened. We're very limited because so much, there's so much to unpack in this. Absolutely. Probably three days in reality. Yeah. The reality of reality here. Makes that makes sense. It's week two, and we are reminded that we were left off with a cliffhanger of Carl with a K and his um confession to Katie that he was pretty darn sure that there were multiple men there for the wrong reasons that he couldn't speak about but was confident on. We jump in with like all the guys reacting essentially christian carl made up all these facts <laughs> little lines like that just always get me i'm like he's making up all these facts and he said like, you can't make up a fact that's yeah. not how facts work I christian it, is christian. like that was great i loved it but like yeah christian just like gets by with his looks you know he's one of those guys that he's just a good time he looks good he's fun and i think he's yeah. like perfect to have around I can't wait to see him in paradise he's gonna be great me too yes absolutely that would be fun probably I'm already thinking we jump essentially right into the rose ceremony because there's nothing to talk about with the guys freaking out no there's nothing although we should talk about the fact that Carl was pretend fighting somebody what was that like Carl was doing a lot he was doing so much like it's not worth digging into because we all have the same conclusion you know, he's trying to villainize himself to be entertaining and to make and it far in entertainment. It was a great idea to do this. And, and he's fucking him. fighting himself. Like, it's honestly just really pathetic to watch. Like, none of it was entertaining whatsoever. It was just so awkward and pathetic. Well, that's the thing is he's, if he was a front runner doing this kind of bullshit, like, it'd be completely different. But he's like, comes off as so desperate because yes absolutely desperate. it's not he's doing these moves out of panic over the fact that he has nothing going for him right he knows katie doesn't like him and i don't even know if it's just that like i sense that he went into this with the idea that he was going to pull these moves i could like that I could but, see him totally week two, like he's thinking in his head, how am I going to stir the pot and how am I going to become famous from this when really it's just the wrong timing and the wrong execution. That's He's like someone who, I apologize if you hear my dog kicking her collar. Oh my God. I, I love that. We want to hear Phoebe kick her collar. Yes. Phoebe, hang out with me. <laughs> anyway, Carl, okay. I don't know if Carl went in wanting to be the villain, but I think you are correct about wanting this airtime. And I think he thinks he's being a hero in his way. And I think his oh, reaction, which jumping ahead a little bit, we see of him being 
so cold to Katie after he's rejected and stuff and like fully turning his back and stuff is because he thought this is what she wanted and he was being a yeah. hero. And the producers, I think the producers really were hyping him up on that saying, you're going to, you know, stir shit. The guys might not like you, but it doesn't matter what the guys think. This is about Katie. You're doing this for her. You know, I feel like that's what the narrative that was being told to. I could see that. My only hiccup with that is his facial expressions. I paid close attention to the way that he reacted to a lot of things, especially right after he came back into the room after talking to Katie, mm-hmm. he just had this smug look on his face that oh, was he looked so indicative of like, I'm causing shit, you know, like I'm shit stirring. Yeah. So I, I mean, but I could see your point too, regardless, he's just an idiot. And I think, like, yeah. And I think we're both on the right at the same time, you know, like right? it's maybe like not, he knew he was, star- I'm not going to fight with you on, he knows he's starting shit and enjoys it and gets off on that. Yeah, that's for sure. But I think he's going to be, I think he didn't realize until all of a sudden it failed and backfired that he was like going to an actual villain and not just a villain to the guys, you know, like a different, you know. Totally. The vagueness probably was unprecedented. Like he, he wasn't predicting that him being that broad. He wasn't prepared for questions and that was definitely a mistake, not like an intentional, I'm just gonna tell Katie that she can't ask me anything. Like he wasn't expecting that at all. He wasn't expecting expecting the guy follow-ups, which we saw later from Thomas, but Thomas is pretty and gets away with it because he can just distract and deflect while being pretty and having chemistry with her. It doesn't work when you're- Yeah, Thomas is just like a different person in the sense that Carl like- isn't as um isn't as poetic I would say like Thomas just comes in with these very fluffy fluttery words and he's so scripted nothing and he takes a long time to say it exactly and Carl is just more of like I want to have my voice in this like I want to be heard and I want everybody to see me so that I make something out of this show you know Yeah, and they're both kind of getting at that, but Thomas is just more of like he's just sleazy, honestly. Yeah, sleazy is the better is word. Almost like Carl is a wishes he wants to be exactly. That's a that's a I think that's very accurate. Um, well, but yeah, this rose ceremony. Yes. Oh, but first, Katie comes out and she wants a moment to herself, and um, she comes back and says yeah that's what she says I just need to take some time this is a lot I need to be alone so Greg comes to follow her oh Greg and the guys continue fighting um Mike says we have responsibility as a unit to protect the queen and he's also wearing a fun tie I noticed it Oh, I didn't notice that. I noticed a couple fun ties. I noticed a floral tie on someone with a purple shirt that I think went home, but we didn't get their name. I think it might've been Kyle's because I just remember noticing the shirt and tie and never figuring out who it belonged to. Oh, that's sad. Well, Kyle was kind of boring. So Kyle, I can imagine that he-, he didn't even get his name or face shown walking out. I, I didn't, only I didn't even notice that. Wow, I did not even notice that he left. No, no one would have noticed. I wrote it down as Carl, John, Garrett, etc. And Kyle was the etc. Oh. Rest in peace. Kyle. Kyle. 
Um, anyway, jumping ahead, because we get to this rose ceremony now with Katie. And our first rose goes to David, our sleeper, who we've been liking, but clearly is being not given any airtime because he's a front runner. He's getting pulled first a lot. Like, oh, interesting. His name's being called early every time, and this time it was first. Whoa, I didn't have that a single interaction from them, not this entire episode, not entire last episode. We did see a very short one-on-one conversation with him and her. Oh, was it? Was yes, it, I, it I was, was say, we've seen it a was couple night one, and it's like one second. That's all I can think of. I it know. was night one, and it was not memorable. Oh, no, night one. I mean, this week, these last two weeks. Yeah, because we oh, saw him night one and gotcha. liked him. I remember we liked him. But oh my god, I forgot that this is literally like week two. I, I last week was so episode. non-memorable for me with the whole like wrestling stuff that I I'm like, it was oh, week this one was, last week. I literally thought like last week was also part of night one. Right. I mean, that's, that's funny. Mistake. Anyone can. Yeah, we didn't, we only saw him on night one. You're right. We have exactly. not seen David. We haven't seen him at all since. Yeah. He's so cute. I like him. Next we have Hunter, um, Connor C. Connor C, not Connor the cat. Who's Connor called C? Connor C, who we haven't seen much of, who I totally would mix up with Garrett, except Garrett was the redhead. Um, oh, is Connor C the like nerdy kind of looking guy? I could call him nerdy, sure. I feel like he was he hanging facial out. hair. He was hanging out later in the episode with the hot in the hot tub with like a couple of guys. Very possible, but it, I can't couldn't confirm nor deny. All right, well, Connor C was next. Connor C. Then we have Mike. And Mike holds the rose ceremony. And he somehow pulls off the greatest unionizing against the villain, essentially, move I've ever seen. Literally, that was so cool. It was incredible because it came from the guy, first of all who proved himself earlier in the week with his lovely um, poetic confession of virginity. So he's yes. the perfect pure soul person in the, Katie's eyes to be making this joint, this statement on behalf of the men that yeah, they all think definitely. Carl's full of shit. And yeah, they think and it, every single man is a good man here, which um, is funny because about 24 hours later, everyone's singing a very different tune. <laughs> right everyone being here for the right reasons and a good dude all these guys they're great dudes as um, (laughs) aaron would say i think like it was definitely mike is persuasive mike was good he was really good and i bought it i liked it i bought it i fully bought it and like even if there was a slight bit of like manipulation with the like we're all good here it got to her and that's the whole point and we needed her to because we needed her to see that like I was gonna keep Carl because I she we know she likes a snitch and um she trusted she thought he was protecting her with that well and and also producers like totally producers were saying well he's helping you he's protecting you exactly they also told him to do it right and now she's like, well, now there are two snitches against each other. There's Mike's rabbing, like snitching on Carl as he, we all don't like him. So but power in numbers and which is true because frankly, correct move to send Carl home. Yes. I mean, I was, I didn't want to see him on it's TV boring anymore. drama. And I don't, I clear, I think this is the thing. I'm pretty sure the producers were 
it's what we saw made it clear to me that the producers were trying to get her to keep Carl. Yeah, I agree. Cause everything else was signaling to her. That's bad TV. They were, they made the wrong. This is my issue is they literally don't know what good fucking TV is. Katie defied them. And it's so much better. Thanks to that. Exactly. It's better despite their manipulation. Yeah. Which is not the way it should be. The manipulation should be to get the good stuff. Not right. this crap that no one cares about. And I think like it's, they're acting as though like the audience is not evolved, you know? And that's where we keep bringing up the like, it's so 10 years ago every season because it's as We've if we don't- in the same story. It's as if we are all so ignorant and naive they think the we reality of relationships. Right, right infuriating but so mike pulls a fast one on him and throws carl under the bus so then carl has to take a moment to talk with kate i, I will say keisha caitlin and taisha you just work. said carl has to talk to taisha and caitlin i was like when did that happen i don't remember that happening and you're I was right. so worried about saying keisha i didn't even notice oh that i did God. that yeah, you totally did. Or maybe I'm off. I don't know. I we'll listen back prob- to this. I'm convinced you are correct that I said that. So funny. We'll find well, out what I edited. Katie but. did. Katie did. And Caitlin was All like, names. oh, I know. It's too much. Oh, Caitlin what, literally what said. Last time it was like a bunch of J names or something. What was it? It was something like that. There was another Oh, you're right. A bunch of names with the same letter. And it made me crazy. Was it B? Was it the, was it like Claire season with all the B's? Very possible. I think you're right, Blake, Brendan. That sounds awful. all of those beads, just too many. Awful. Yeah. Well, I can't Caitlin, do the annoying thing is that when Katie came to ask them for advice, I really had wished that, like, I don't know if Caitlin and Tasha were told by producers to hold back. That's what I was getting from. And my- I think I feel like they were, which is really frustrating because Katie at that moment really deserved some genuine input. Because this is verbatim what was said to Katie when she was asking for Caitlin and Tasha's guidance when she was like, well, Mike's saying all these guys don't agree. And Caitlin said, well, it's not up to those guys. It's about your decision. Right. Which is and such which a producer. Is very pro, I was going to pick Carl, like, which is makes me yeah. feel produced, like producers told her to. Exactly. Know. And that's so hard too. Cause like, it's another way in which like we are going back in time I kind of felt like the refreshing part of Caitlin and Tasha being on this season was so that we could see some camaraderie and, and some, some solidarity advice and, and some genuine advice between advice, three women out of Chris Harrison's mouth is exactly he's exactly right producer not anymore not anymore apparently it is less than reported it is closer to 10 million not 50 so we can all feel a little better at least that's a shit ton ton of money though tons of money two years salary oh wow so anyway um holy shit okay well that's that's the tea on that um but yeah that was yeah. frustrating to hear Katie get that advice for sure. But you know what? We all knew right after her conversation with Carl, she said, I don't think I can trust him. And so it was totally producer influenced to go back on that. 
And she, it's good that she had Mike to tell her the opposite because yeah, she, so was she was otherwise. See that you know what, Carl sus. I'm not even that into him. I'm just gonna not. We're gonna clear clear house if Mike or Matt James had listened to me. I would have. Um, then Victoria would have been gone and would have saved us all a lot of trouble. So I'm going to listen to them and assume that Mike is speaking, is the me in the situation and Carl's actually the Victoria. Absolutely. And this is where she's thrown off. She didn't realize Victoria was also going around and throwing people, her and other people under the bus and other girls under mm. the bus. And that's why not all snitches aren't Victoria. Victoria was yeah. also a snitch. Right. You can't just trust a snitch. Exactly. Carl's Victoria. And Mike yeah. with you, Katie. But yeah, no, I mean, she she figured it out. You're right. She learned a lot from that season. And I feel like that was very translatable to what she just experienced with Carl. But there was also the what she didn't see, which is when she, that Victoria is also, so you, you know, she thought Carl was her. Carl's not you, Katie. Right, exactly. You can't really trust anybody. You just no, have to you trust your can. gut. And mm-hmm. like, unless somebody like Mike, for instance, is willing to go up in front of everybody and right. say something. Like, no one can, if he was full of shit and someone would have been like, um, actually, that's not true. I'm exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. And he didn't. And then of course she says like the guys leave poor John, our cutie bartender, I'm John. so upset. So we keep Michael Connerby, Courtney, Trey, Justin, Andrew M, Christian, Josh, Brendan, James, and Aaron, which was like left for the big grand, like who's he get, she gonna pick, Aaron or um, Carl? And I was very confused because I thought it was very obvious from the way she's been behaving this entire time that Aaron was going nowhere. Well, on the other hand, though, remember she trusts him so much. That's what I mean. So why was? Oh, oh, you're saying like why, why was, was he the chopping block next to Carl? It was so anticlimactic. It's like, duh, she's picking him. Why are we acting like if there's any questions? She's gonna- yeah, that was a little bit weird. Like, I think a better. I'm trying to think like maybe if Trey or like, like Thomas, James, the fucking box would have been a better one. Yeah, exactly. Like, there was no little- one I was as confident she was keeping beyond the first people she had already ca- called before Mike. Mm-hmm. the only one I was as confident on is like what oh Connor the cat maybe is the other one but like, yeah right Connor and Aaron yeah super annoying anyway I bad think that, thank you yeah bad but um the only thing I really want to say about the rest of this rose ceremony is Carl just like standing there afterwards I'm really unsure what he was expecting because if he's ever seen this show which clearly he has because he wants to make something of it for himself nobody waits for anything like it nobody waits for the bachelorette or the bachelor to come up to them to hug them literally she can't leave her mark yeah, she's supposed she's to stay standing there. on her mark for the cameras. You exactly. have to go to her. It she's- just didn't make sense to me. It's like, what are you like? You're just so stupid. I don't understand that play of That's like. Thing. Let me try to act really like this is fucking some- dumb. He's really dumb, and the fact that he's a motivational speaker is just so confusing to me. I'm like, how do you- how did you get into this role? Like, where? What are you? What kind of advice Who are you giving? Who the fuck is paying you to speak? 
you must charge like be the cheapest one out on the books so like he gets picked because he's the only cheap option it reminds me like quick tangent it reminds me of this 90 day fiance couple that I watched like I can't remember what season it is but one of the guys is from Australia and he like his girl comes and visits him and like meets him for the first time and he's a motivational speaker about dating and specifically about like women and how women are supposed to like handle dating with men and so she goes to this like literally objectively and right off the bat that's sexist but then she goes to this motivational speaking event with him and she's he's like gearing her up he's like oh this will be great like I'm so excited for you to watch me and she shows up and he's literally like spewing out these misogynistic phrases and the women who paid to to like literally sit there and listen to him are all calling him out on his bullshit and being like I literally don't understand what you're telling me right now. Like you, you're thinking that he was literally like men have these brains and women have these brains. And like, this is how you're supposed to handle talking to a man. Like you're supposed to be passive and all this really backwards shit. And it's, that's what Carl is like to me. So that person. So that person, but like, probably not with about like the niche topic of like women dating, but literally, but like business, like I can see him just like throwing out all these like false things about how to be a good like entrepreneur. And you're like, what? (laughs) That's all I have to say about God. Oh my God. He's not in paradise. I hope he has the good sense not to show his face in paradise. I don't think that he will because I don't I think feel so. like I think he had a bad enough time. He had such here. a bad time. Like none of the women would be interested in him. No, he, that's the thing is if he goes on paradise, he's going home immediately. He's not a genuine villain. What would happen is they bring him on like week three. He'd come on. No one would want to date him. And then it, he would go home immediately yeah. that's it, it would be a waste if they decide to do that that even proves further that they have bad production this clip because it's probably gonna happen fuck i, I really see that happening remember kaylin kaylon not oh, to be confused with kaylin yes yeah. I don't, you, you know what? I don't remember him from his season specifically. So Emily I don't Maynard, but him on um paradise because I don't remember his, him on Emily's season. He had such I, a bad edit and time not edit he was an ass on emily maynard season and so no one wanted to date him in paradise and he shows up right went on the date by himself went on the honestly though like that was super entertaining because i think that with him kaylin was way better tv than carl he's at least comedic right i mean he's at least funny i think self-awareness at least carl doesn't have any self-awareness absolutely yeah moving on so anyway we are into week two um the date card arrives we have Aaron, Courtney, James, Connor, B, David, Justin, Thomas, Hunter, Brendan and it doesn't say love Katie and they all freak out (laughs) yeah I don't I really didn't understand that okay and all right like anyway. shouldn't you just be happy that you got a group date like that you're on that card but okay whatever floats your boat yeah connor b calls it brutal i just He's wanted to say so freaking annoying so brutal I, that she well, would do that we'll talk about him in We're just a second connor b so we um get to see the familiar face nick Vial is hosting an aa meeting 
group therapy? <laughs> what is happening? I don't know, but he's so, he eloquently speaks about it in a way that I actually like Nick. I have, I flip-flop with Nick all the time. Some moments I love him. I'm painfully arrogant. He's painfully arrogant, but I still love him because but he I also literally like him for a lot of things. So that's yes. <laughs> right. Exactly. He's someone, if I was friends with him, I would have to constantly be like negging him because his yes. ego is just like, and we all have, we all know those guys it's in our lives. Syndrome is what I actually call it. Totally. Absolutely. It's too much, but I like that he hosted this. I feel like he spoke really well. Um, Let's start with Hunter. So this well, date- Nick Vial wanted to do, he says, we're going to talk. We're going to talk anyway. So um, Hunter. Yeah, literally. It's just like, whoa, okay, here we go. Let's anyway, start. So Hunter, you start us off and Hunter. Okay, but let's broken. talk for a second about Hunter in general, this episode and the previous episodes. Um, his facial expressions are concerning to me. He's either very constipated, depressed- super anxious all of the above the food oh i could see that maybe Maybe hunter's having having a bad time digestion issues he could he might have ibs i don't know but all i'm saying is that hunter makes some very obvious faces like he cannot hide what he's experiencing anytime katie stands up to say like that the guys have disappointed her or that you know she gives her whole spiel about like if you're not here for the right reasons he's all uh, like he literally is like a blubbering baby and it's like I can't handle he's it it's too much for me slapped in the face look oh yeah the com- okay it's my favorite face it's my favorite face too it's the only thing that we like about Justin to like we- night one I was like Justin's so cute you know but now I'm on your page Holly I think that he's you know, he's a douchebag, but, like, I like watching him on TV because of his fucking face. He's a douchebag, but, like, you could be, like, around him and entertained by him just fine. Oh, sure. Yeah, I don't, I mean, he, he has absolutely no chemistry with Katie, but we'll see him go for a I while because- his face, face is really good. It's really, really funny. So, Hunter admits that he- he starts talking about how he's developed significant feelings for Katie already, which is so funny because they haven't really had much like one-on-one time. I, I personally get very turned off by stuff like that. Somebody who tells me right off the bat that they already have significant feelings for me and we haven't really had conversations. You're creepy. I don't like you. I feel about premature, premature um, romanticism. I love no. you so much. Oh God. Yeah. That's Holly has had days. quite a few weird attached, like creepy experiences. That so. guy from high school who told me he had a crush on me added me again on Facebook under a different account. No. Why does this happen to you? I want to die. <laughs> Well, they're all hunters in your world because that's the kind of person that Hunter that's is. He... The, like fucking reading a note out loud to you shit. But... Oh <laughs> like, God. Yes, exactly. Um, so, but honestly, so, so, his story is sad. Yeah, like we, we learn he's a dad of two. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and this is more of a normal timeline for discovering that. Like some people are like, wait, there's another one? Crazy. But also it's like, okay, this isn't like that 
crazy to learn after the second like it's not that late in the game guys just because michael revealed it night one doesn't not everyone has to right exactly i just here's my thing it's like i don't understand people who talk about their ex-partners whether they were married to them or it was a non significant relationship or anything in between and talk about them like they knew they were the love of their life yet they drifted apart like I'm pretty sure at this point you're not naive to know that that was the case so don't talk up somebody like that when that's not true you made a mistake about his dead wife Exactly. You made a mistake. You can't say that about the woman you divorced. You married somebody that either you weren't supporting her or she wasn't supporting you or it just wasn't the greatest fit and you drifted apart. And it's not like I'm an expert in relationships, but that drives me insane. Like I don't, I I can't stand hearing people say stuff like that because it's like you're diminishing the possible next relationship that you might have with Katie by saying, I already met the love of my life and I was just a shitty person and fucked it up. It's like, well, then what is the worth of like something that we could develop? The last thing anyone wants to hear is about how someone else was the love, someone you're dating wants to hear is how someone else was the love of your life. It's so confusing to me, like poor Katie. And I feel like she's, she's such a cool person. And like, I relate to her so much in that way. And I think you do too, that she, she totally just plays things off. Like it's all okay. Like she's the type of person that like a guy she dates wants to talk about polyamory and she's like, all right. Like so open-minded, but then it would like ultimately hurt her because like she genuinely cares and isn't downplays how things will hurt her hoping to try to please others. She is a people pleaser. She's a people pleaser. And I feel bad (laughs) because it's like Hunter and even later too, after she talks about her experience with sexual assault, he mentions that he was like, whoa, I wasn't expecting her to say that so quickly. And it's like, dude, fuck off. Like you, I, I just don't like the way that Hunter communicates. I really don't. It drives me crazy. It makes me laugh really hard at the end though. (laughs) Oh my God. No, that's the thing is it's not one of those, like, I'm angry. I don't want to see him on TV. It's very, it's so entertaining. It's especially with the other guys. Cause that's the thing is with the Katie stuff, maybe I'm a little more sensitive to the way he communicates about that and with her and with relationships, but his communication with the guys is hilarious and then when he looks like he's going to shit his pants on because she's like bringing up something to the group that makes me laugh so fucking hard so yeah hunter oh my god i don't again this is one of those instances where like katie and i have different tastes and i would have sent him home night one just saying (laughs) We both have different tastes to Katie, I think, for the most yeah. part. Maybe a little bit of overlap. Just a little bit. But, like, in yeah. her initial statement of her, when John walked out and she said, that's my type, and now he's gone. I know. And now he's gone. And it's like, wait, what? God. Everything about John was lovely. So if it he's was your type so physically, lovely. why is he gone? why is gone that is a very good point I didn't add those two things together that's sad the way he's gonna be sought after in paradise though oh my god oh my god 
Like he's so sexy he, yet so humble. But he doesn't know it. That's the thing is he's gonna kill the girls. Oh, are absolutely. Fucking love him. I'm excited for it. I'm here for John in Paradise. He thirsted after in Paradise and be like so caught, and he's gonna get himself in trouble because every girl's gonna want him, and he's not gonna know what to do. And he's just gonna be like, "I lost the wrestling competition, and everybody still wants me." Like, what? He dates Kendall. Oh, cute. They're both awkward because he's from SoCal too, and And they're both Kendall and Joe. Awkward. They are so 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 awkward. Like I can't emphasize that enough. If any of you have never like seen Kendall on TV or like don't follow her, she's literally the most awkward person to ever. Least awkward person in the world. That's what's incredible. She confuses me in the best way. She is an enigma. That's what's crazy. Is she everything she does? should be awkward and it's not it's the way it's the way she speaks it's very like robotic like hi everybody I just found out that I could yeah like that I could just find this taxidermy chameleon and I just got it in the mail and I just feel like I need to show you all about it and I just finished my yoga session and it's like so weird like I feel like I'm listening to Siri talk about like my daily tasks or something like I'm asking Siri to to like speak to me about what I need to do for the day that's how Kendall is to me and that could vibe well with John I'm not wrong you know it's so funny because all of those things are definitely true and I see it when you say it yeah she's one of those where you don't like unless you like really think about it you don't it doesn't register with you that she is awkward but then when you start to like hear her voice you're like some of the things she's saying are weird isn't because it I still stand by that I don't think she's awkward I think she is I do know exactly what you mean maybe awkward and all that right yeah maybe awkward isn't the right thing because she's so good with like I just rewatched um Ari's season not too long ago and she's so good at flirting yeah no and she's she's a good i mean we were just talking about when we did the question yeah and she can hold a conversation like nobody's business you know yeah guys listen to our listen to our like previous episode before we started katie's season we went over kendall's book curious um, questions i believe curious questions and like her questions are fantastic she's an awesome dater she would be great fit for john i I love that i hope i'd be very happy anyway because <laughs> we have to wait to see how that transpires we move on to okay so we get a bunch of little glances of Aaron throughout the rest of the episode about like his dad's stroke and he became a bad boyfriend and then they just kind of float away and then they float back later about the stroke and we never really learn anything we didn't about learn it was so non-cohesive and then we also didn't get to hear what James had to say like she was talking it was like a voiceover while James was speaking so I was like well I want to know his story yeah, we have no idea um David chose a career over love that's the only thing we know don't know anything else um and then and then <laughs> Thomas and then fucking Thomas with his stupid ass like think like nonchalant like thought he wasn't gonna fool anybody's speech about how he thought he could build a platform for that from this and that he didn't come here for Katie and it's just like I literally don't understand what's going through your mind when you think that that is something that she wants to wants hear, to hear from you he fr- here's the thing it's like all those things can be true and be okay but there's no reason to say it like that and make it no like say it in a way that's like he was negging her 
Yeah, it was demeaning. It was super like, oh, rude. Yeah, I wasn't, I didn't come here for you. You know, I didn't think, like, guess what? Neither did Greg. Greg signed up for Claire's season. Exactly. Right. And it's, it's like. not like every, that's true for so many people. No one, like, they sign up. They almost never know who they're signing up for. And it's also like. the problem. Why are the you. Problem is the way he's talking. Why are you making a voice out of the elephant in the room? Like. We all know that there are many of you that are here because you want to be on TV. Like that is a reason to go on The Every Bachelorette or Bachelor. One of them on yes. some level wants to be on TV. Exactly. And so for you to like openly kind of exploit that and bring that out there is so aggravating because she already has like anybody who's in her role has that underlying fear that it's right. just that. You know, that it's at, it's just that. There's, like, nothing else there. And you just fucking brought light to it. And that's shitty. Yeah, and it's just so weird. And the way he was saying it, like, oh, you know, he was just saying it in a way that was so cavalier. And it was nonchalant. To her, like, feelings about it. Yeah. It's like, all these things can be true and it's okay. But to say it with a certain level of sensitivity, like, he mentions going on a date a week before the show. Yeah, oh, I forgot about that one. And the Why? way he says, he's like, yeah, I went on a date a week before the show. You know, I did this. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know. Like, it's about the way you'd say it. Literally, like, you could have sex with someone the night before you went on the show, and I wouldn't care. No one needs to know that. Because you, you were you single. On a group date in front of everybody like that in a casual way. Like, yeah, I did that. So what? It's like, um, it's just like gives me this energy of guys who think it's like cool and important to speak about their non-exclusivity with their partner like I don't know like the the way it's that the he's like, like yeah I see her we're together when we're together but you know right exactly and it's like and and always kind of manipulating and guilt tripping the person they're with of like oh well we're just this is just dating like we're never and gonna be relationship. to everybody else and exactly whatever, but also and it's, keeping them on the hook forever <laughs> exactly exactly and it's just so clear like it's so theatrical too like let's just talk about the fact that he's trying to like you probably get more airtime and also like just manipulate the whole situation onto him so it's the thomas show and you're just like it's weird smile the theatrics are just later let's get to like the um cocktail party of it so we have to finish by talking about connor b's confession oh god i'll let you take the wheel on this one i just okay so connor b admits that he had an, a past experience abusing alcohol. I think and, the story is going somewhere very different from where it goes. Yes, me too. And especially because like, so Katie, I had accidentally saw on Instagram before watching this episode, Katie posted some resources for people who've experienced sexual assault. And while I was watching this and listening to Connor B, I kind of assumed he was going to admit that he had drunkenly sexually assaulted somebody. And I was like, whoa, this is really huge. And so that's, that's what he was insinuating. And, I and thought that's it was going down to abuse too. I also saw the, um, but also that brings me to another point of um, the episode itself never gave any trigger warnings. Yeah, that's until they showed the resource after, which I like, but 
the only trigger warning and reason I even knew to prepare mentally was Katie's Instagram and Twitter. So I Honestly, saw the green resource. So I knew something was coming, you know? And of two people, of both of us who have experienced sexual assaults, actually both from the same person, like, which is something we may or may not ever share on this podcast. Yeah, I but, was going to say, I'm like, I don't know how this conversation's about to go. But, yeah, but. Relatability like, of Katie's story. The, the, yes, I actually teared up a little bit because of how just I I liked the way that she spoke about it I liked the way that it was presented by her and it was very weird the insinuations by Connor B that that's what happened yet it wasn't fully disclosed so basically he says that he like cheated on his girlfriend and got really drunk and hooked up with somebody but it's like okay well you were really (laughs) drunk and hooked up with somebody was that consensual like what was going on there and also on a completely different note, I don't understand in Katie's position how she would not see that as a red flag. Like, yes, he's being vulnerable. It's appreciative how humbling it is to hear somebody admit that, like, they had a past that they, you know, they messed up and they cheated in a relationship. But there's a whole other component of, dude, you're an alcoholic. Like, there's no... The, like that's the other thing you we never heard the word alcoholic said out loud but we also heard the insinuation of it but right it's the same thing I was abusing alcohol and being I wouldn't remember the angry things I said to my friends and girlfriend he was and they would call him out and girlfriend I mean that's like full dsm5 criteria for alcoholism but like, like you're becoming an angry drunk now. right and you're becoming an angry drunk and your friends and your partner are telling you about it and so, and, and so for Katie to like, I mean, I just feel bad. It's like, I don't know if she's just being naive or and maybe also they cut stuff out. Maybe he talked about a realization about his alcohol abuse and whatnot and all that stuff. Right. But like the way, what, from what we saw, it was like, he admitted to having a problem with alcohol. And then he said, I got aware of it. I got better. I stopped being mad. But like, what, what did you do? And didn't he also say he never went to therapy? I feel like he admitted that he never went to therapy, but he figured it out on his did, own. I could easily have missed something. I feel like that came up. Regardless, I just, I don't know. He did? Yeah. Okay, Hannah just says that he admitted he went to therapy. Oh, he did go to therapy. But did he say anything else about his therapeutic experiences? No, just that he was. So that's what also confused me is like, I was kind of expecting him to admit. We didn't get it. That's what I thought too. We just didn't get details on what he did to fix it. He said, I went to therapy and got better, but it's like, but what? Like, are you, do are you? But like, what was that? Was that AA or was that therapy for your guilt and your shame? Because it's literally making a mockery of AA right now. And and it's also like obviously I don't want to tear someone's story down to the facts because I I want to appreciate somebody for their experience and what they're willing to share. But those kind of details in that situation are very important. Like, absolutely. Let's get this straight right now. We need to know if you have a problem with alcohol and that you're in a lifelong recovery, or and two. Did you sexually assault somebody when you cheated on your girlfriend? And I guess if he's drunk, that doesn't necessarily imply anything about whoever he slept with. Right. Particularly, but just based on the way it was going, I just fully, I thought he was going to, 
be- have beaten his girlfriend. Yes, what I thought it was yes, I thought that too because he mentioned anger several times. So Connor B had never been in like a woohoo, I love Connor um, feeling. I mean, even starting with the cat costume, but now even more so, I'm like this guy. You haven't even talked about him wearing the very open shirts with chains. Okay, Holly, I he looked so gay, like. I'm sorry, but it's just like, it's such a good look on gay guys when you have a short torso and you wear like a low cut shirt and like, it's kind of unbuttoned. Like you can, cause you can tell that. he's like five ten. Yeah. He's short. And I just, My height. he's not the word. He's not short, short, but he's not tall. He's, he's not tall. And, and it's just like the showing off the chest thing was so extra oh it was not good I did not like anything about what was going on with Connor today yeah no um yeah but so then after that Katie um then admits to or admits I don't think there's she tells her shares her story that she says she wasn't planning on which I questioned the whole setup of this date I'm not entirely certain how much to buy is impulsive or was did they know and were they trying to secretly coerce her into sharing this story? Was it Ooh. really she was just, was it really she thought they were manipulating them and then she felt compelled to share? I don't know. Yeah. Because right. I always struggle with how I feel about the show using sexual assault. Or just using trauma in general. In general. That's so true. Trauma. To just like exploit trauma as a form of en- entertainment. It's classic bachelor producer move. Um, and yeah, I agree with that. I, I'm hoping that that came from a very honest, not honest, but a very um, uh, calming and like just accepting way that Katie felt like yeah. she- Independent decision. I yes. hope the decision yeah. was something she came. That's I really do it. hope that it's as- much as what they're saying it is that she didn't plan to say this but felt compelled to based on how honest the guys were I hope yeah and I did I did feel weird though like because after she shared that Thomas was the one right next to her hugging her and I'm like oh this is just wrong like he shouldn't be there like I would feel uncomfortable hugging somebody like Thomas who just admits that he was dating somebody else and listening to guys at all after hearing them hear a sexual assault story oh oh absolutely I I listened to Katie's um interview with Mike Johnson and Brian of Rachel and I don't know his last name Rachel and Brian Rachel Lindsay Mr. Rachel Lindsay and Mr. Rachel Lindsay don't know his last name either Abbasolo I think it's I know it starts with a Mr. Rachel Lindsay and Mike Johnson have a podcast and Katie was on it this week and I just was listening to it and it's like they're both the best possible guys to be handling as being a male in the situation as far as a guy with no professional training actually Mike Johnson has professional training he's a sex therapist coach of some sort. oh cool I didn't know that he was mentioning it listening to two guys try to hear a sexual assault story and respond to it is always going to be viscerally painful it's gonna be extremely triggering no matter it's like any sort of affection it doesn't matter whether it's from like the same 
sex or, you know, somebody of a different gender is going to be hard. I mean, even when I share my experiences with Hannah, like I don't want to be touched. I don't want to be looked at. Like it takes me time to real, to like fully kind of close that emotional experience off before I'm ready to like, you know, be intimate, whether it's hugging a kiss or whatever. So I think that's valid, even from like a same sex sex couple relationship. Um, And so to watch all those guys hug her and then to also watch Thomas, who just mentioned dating, hence fucking other women right before he went on Katie's season is just so like aggravating and just disgusting to me. Yeah, no. There's something about it, like it having guys, especially like in this scenario, guys who are pursuing you being the ones to come and like a group of guys trying to, or multiple guys, there's something about that consoling and being the ones like I, I this, where's Tasha and Kay, Caitlin right now? Like, yeah, that's exactly. who I want to be with when I'm dealing with. Well, know, and it's something- so it's very brave of her to it's do that so brave. and that's the thing and I think many it's really men. brave and I think the way she talks about it I mean let's get into like what she actually has to say you know her story itself is about like she says 10 years ago and I think that's part of this is that she's 10 years separated and has done so much work and stuff about reflecting right. that she's able to talk about and see how it's affected her in the last 10 years since because that's the thing is also for me personally hearing from like I know a lot of stories of sexual assault and stuff that are similar to you know what I can relate to and what I can't relate to and just a lot of different ones but the aftermath of such a prolonged aftermath to hear like how she is 10 years later and how she was immediately after the way like she talks about how she didn't want to have sex or talk about it at all afterwards you know that was so relieving to hear somebody say that on tv I've never heard someone say that on TV before. And I was like, somebody's speaking to my soul right now. Yeah. Yeah. That was the one for me. I was like, I haven't heard that. I feel <laughs> like my, I feel like watching that with my partner, like Hannah understood me more listening wow. to her. Yeah. Speak about that. Like I felt so understood and just this solidarity that I could never have imagined like you know we've heard like you mentioned like you hear anecdotes you hear things on tv but nothing quite hits like that until you really talk about the long terms of term effects of being a survivor of sexual assault and that's really what she did like you mentioned 10 years later being able to talk about how it impacts her healthy relationships not how it just like impacts her as a solo independent human yeah, being and how the event itself and how bad that was and specifics about that it's about like the aftermath and the growth from the quality how, of life really yeah. the quality of life that's impacted when you are a victim of that and also for the to flip on the sex their sex positive fact of it all of her like this isn't sex positive isn't just wanting to have sex it's about like learning to not be uncomfortable because I was so uncomfortable by it like and being okay with not having it if that's because in a relationship if I don't want to have sex being able to say no and not feel obligated to do it 
right in whatever scenario like that's huge I mean not even in just relationships but in dating in general the fact that it's such like an expectation how much sex is being had that's just because you think well you know they I went on the date I did this I'm here at his apartment I guess this is what has to happen next like it's just the formula you don't even think twice and I feel like that's something that all women and femme persons in general just like need to hear especially even the more conservative like the the bachelor audience of all the very conservative women who tend to just be more closed-minded more traditional a lot of those that audience come from a more pure purity background especially if the religion if, if they are religious affiliated and what I'm getting at is that like purity culture shows us that women women's bodies are expend like dispensable and that when like we are not supposed to have sex until marriage and then when we have sex that means that like all of me is like is transactional and all of me can be exploited by man by men you know and for her to say that on national tv like live tv to millions of people who are watching that I'm hoping young girls who grow up in that kind of culture hear it and be like wait if a guy pressures me I don't have to like I you know like I it you know it's just it's a great thing and it it Absolutely. It's a, it has and I a think, multifaceted effect on many different populations, not just victims of sexual Not just victims, but I also think on men with the, especially the fact that she says, I tried to date him. I, and she elaborated more on this podcast I listened to where she said, like, at that point, I only, I had a mindset of you have sex in the relationship. And he was a friend of mine. They were, it was someone she had already had trust in at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And so after the fact, thought, well, I got drunk and this is what happened. And she felt guilt over what happened. And like, well, I had sex with him, I guess, but I wasn't even dating him. So I guess I should have to date him. Right. And that's that another purity culture, like experience that religious or non-religious people experience because of just like these societal expectations that we have that if we are assaulted it's not only our burden but we need to do something about making peace with that that doesn't have to do with writing that person off it's more so making amends and like you know dating them or whatever that might look like yeah and just and I think I think especially just as far as the her effect of her story I think for men hearing that like to be like oh I could hurt someone and genuinely have no idea because based on the story clearly he didn't know what he you know she didn't follow up clearly you know we know how that goes it's not any it's not that straightforward obviously to not confront your fucking assaulter but like that's what I was really getting at like from the conversation with her and Mike Johnson and what's his name and Brian like they're like trying to wrap their little brains around their male brains around this fact and understanding like shit like 
it's that deep. It's that complicated. It's not as simple as she's drunk. She can't say no. She can't it's say It's not yes. a stranger at it's a party. Not, like there's so many levels to it. Like there's there are not layers. You know, like, trying to, and like, they were very good about it. Like they weren't finding her up. I'm not implying that, but like you could hear them trying to work and figure and understand. Whereas when I hear it, it just makes clear sense. Like there yes. doesn't me two seconds to process what she's saying and think, yeah, that makes sense. They have to really think and put their self, themselves in that mindset. Right. And exactly. I think it's great that this is ha- to any, to the, you know, 2% straight male listeners and viewers of The Bachelor, <laughs> viewers of The Bachelor, I guess there, no one's listening to The Bachelor. <laughs> well, not nobody shout out to we're giving you the synopsis so maybe if you you don't watch it but you listen to us or shout out to all of my visually impaired who are not watching and they're listening to the bachelor in fact exactly literally my apologies but yeah so that i think yeah like i really of all the stories and the ways like i wasn't i felt pretty good about the way it was depicted i think yeah there should have been a trigger warning uh the other than it, Katie's Instagram which is not ABC fucking controlled you y'all come no. on um let's talk about all of the people in this like fucking world who don't have internet connection rely on satellite tv and get channel four yeah, and are able and to watch just, The Bachelor also funny it's six for me I think or seven or yeah, whatever but channel it is that you have area you're in, you can still watch ABC. ABC, ABC. is on your basic like. Yeah, exactly, and you don't have you don't have a way to see Katie's. Well, not Instagram. everyone follows her on Instagram, you know, and not everyone follows or her Twitter, on Instagram. But I really want to emphasize. One. I really want to emphasize the people who don't have access to those kind of resources, who are watching this show and getting excited about watching it every week, and maybe and most likely have experienced something uncomfortable or fully like assaulting in their lives and they didn't know and that's a big flaw on producers so another disappointment um okay well I think we've talked about that enough let's move on to the cocktail party with so they had group therapy all these guys are clearly like oh my god she shared so much Connor B's the only one who actually addresses it I will say I'll give him that much I will give him that I mean I think he literally tells her that he's very sorry and which also I they probably just didn't show us I'm sure some other guys probably said something sure. and they didn't show us um we saw Justin have a little Polaroid interaction we got nothing actually out of that that they that montage. conversation really indicated to me that they have absolutely no chemistry like the nothing. way that he was speaking to her she was just like it was so objective like the way they were talking to each other there was nothing there yeah I felt that from Justin I felt like Connor B too friend zone is what I wrote down next to Connor B yes um then we have Katie talk to Thomas about his red flags and he just didn't answer any questions she asked it was like Carl part two but almost worse because Thomas is at least a little bit more a little bit more self-aware a little more game he has a little more game and he was being an absolute idiot. Didn't answer any of Katie's questions about what his red flags were. And he just kept spewing out this stupid poetic shit that he does every time where it's like a whole weird script. It was literally nothing. And then we had- Oh, and then he also, who, was it him that said like, where do you want to buy a house? 
I didn't he, catch that. Okay, literally at the end of their conversation, what did he say? He was like basically gloating. Like it turned from Katie. Oh, I could buy a house anywhere. Yes, he was like, part. he was literally, I, I don't know how it turned to that, but basically. I have no idea how it got there, but I remember feeling, ew. He went, he went, I could buy a house anywhere. Where do you want to buy a house? And he, she was like, oh, that's to be determined. Because what the fuck? Because what the fuck? Like, I think he was trying to tell her that he was serious about her, but like. It also felt weird. like, I'm rich. I can buy a house anywhere. <laughs> it was also, you're my trophy wife. Oh, yeah like you're my fucking trophy wife already ew and I'm gonna manipulate you and gross. cheat on you the entire time we're married gross gross anyway, um Aaron comes he starts to talk to her we still don't really get anything about his dad's stroke um they we get a mention and then they cut edit out whatever actual discussion happened we hear that he can't, this is where I have a problem with Aaron. He says he can't imagine Thomas being into Katie, which is rude as fuck. Very rude. Well, and it's, I don't know. I, I feel like I kind Am I supposed of... to be flattered as Katie being told that by Aaron that Thomas, there's no way he can't imagine that Thomas is into, what? Yeah, it's like, um... He was trying to say that Thomas is not into like a genuine woman, but he was so flipped. He's he didn't it say in a it way correctly. that was so fucking insulting. It was so insulting. A lot of things he said was just were just stupid. Like he took things too far. I didn't like anything he had to say. I was like, I'm bored. I'm spacing out. What what are you even fucking saying, Aaron? I was, I'm so I just can't wrap my brain around I mean again I think I even mentioned it last week still not over slight crush on you am I supposed to be flattered no like but you're no you're not why slight it's this weird backhanded compliment thing it's fucking rude you should have told him that you You better be worshiping the ground I walk on and you better think that Thomas is worshiping the ground I walk on too yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just weird. I don't know why he mentioned that. Um, Ugh, basically, but- my feelings about the whole Thomas situation and is that Thomas knew that he was kind of on the chopping block for what he said during the Nick Vial like oh, group totally. session, and so he cases. felt the need. He felt the need to redeem himself. He was insinuating that he was like in love with her, but he didn't actually say that. And then he told the guys that he was falling in love with her and that they would never understand what he meant by that, like okay way to be a fucking douchebag like sorry we don't understand your relationship then hunter somehow gets involved and he's having like weird mediator aa supervisor sponsor no, it doesn't really happen to like the very end of the episode right it doesn't but it's but like it's, so let's choppy talk about it now it's so, so choppy and michael. cut in there yeah, that i'm like say, let's wrap this up and then get to michael because yes what, what is happening thomas or my air <laughs> Thomas uh, or Air <laughs> Hunter basically is he's just there trying to mediate this with I feel conference he's like, I feel like what you're putting out to us men who I feel like you're making us feel like the number of I feel statements from this man 
so funny. I mean, I appreciate his like trauma informed language. I was like, he was very calm. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I appreciated Um, him not getting angry and aggro back. You know, he was very much like, you know, I'm your friend. I just feel. Yes. Right. He was very like emotionally intelligent in Mm -hmm. that conversation. Um, God, I fucking hate that Bennett ruined that for me. It makes me so he mad. He ruined that for me eight years ago. Oh no, we but like it got even worse with the fucking when it was ruined for me. Oh God, yeah. I, I people who don't understand what that actually means and don't use As it professionally. Brother Tom walked by and judged us. Oh fuck, brother Tom. Okay. Um. Anyway, side note. Um. Well, Catholic college side. Catholic Catholic trauma side note um yeah I just Hunter's role was confusing to me why he felt the need to take that on I did yeah I guess he was kind of the best person to do that maybe I don't know maybe Mike would have been better Mike seems to be the better Mike has a good track record so far he did a good job once but maybe it's best that he sat this one out and let me too we don't want him to fit that narrative right we don't want him to be the every time we'd all get sick of him right exactly right and I'm starting Mike is growing on me especially compared to last week yeah um but Hunter the one thing I did really like about Hunter is when he had a one-on-one conversation and Aaron was talking about how you know you don't understand you don't need to understand that I'm falling in love with her and he was like I don't he was Hunter was literally like I don't need to know that whatever your relationship is happening with there like I don't has nothing to do no it was almost like this weird like brother brother situation like don't fucking tell me I feel like they were friends in the house at this point they were they were clearly like they liked each other and so hunter was like trying to fully understand where he was coming from um but yeah he was so genuinely trying to find where you're right that's exactly what it was he was trying to get where he was coming from he's like i don't get it bro i don't get it i don't fucking get it and then when he calls him out in front of the group thomas literally admits that he like was there to possibly become the bachelor and you're just like okay why are you continuing to dig your own grave like everyone else why are you saying it out loud? Why are you speaking about the elephant in the fucking room? Like you're we don't need to speak about for that. The wrong reasons. Yeah, you're all here for the wrong reasons. That's and fine. You're here. It's only weird when you talk about it. It's only fucking weird when you talk about it. About oh my god. Are. Yeah. Um. So yeah, fuck Thomas. That's disappointing because like I was a huge Thomas stan at the very beginning. I was like cute, like I. But God, fucking fuck him. Real quick, he slipped so quick. Um, Um, let's talk about Michael and his one. Connor B gets the rose. Ew. Oh yes, 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 yes. We need to talk about that. Connor B gets the fucking rose. Very disappointing. The way that she like contemplates giving out the roses is so much like insinuating, ooh, is it gonna be Thomas? And then it's oh, well, not and they Thomas clearly, at all. like I every they single totally and I know this one actually for a fact that they make them go around the circle and say yes. something about every single contestant. But this one was slightly different because she she paused before she said, like, but there is Connor. you know, there's a way she says each one, you know the way yes. they say them is all up to them but they do have to say a little tidbit so what I'm saying is it's not rude of her to be no not leading anyone on no 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 I no, no. I I hence I like got that sense a long time ago that like 
every time there's a cocktail party after a I feel date. like you know this but not everybody yes. does and some people get yeah maybe not everybody does it. yeah she's it's supposed to do that she's it's supposed to do that this time felt slightly different because she really paused in between the last person and telling Connor B that he got the rose but so she I gave like, it to Thomas last week so she knew she couldn't do it again mm. That's very true, but also my take on it was that Katie deep down knows that there's something He's also very sus off. Challenge, I think. He's sus as hell, and she sees that. And yeah, she likes kissing him, but like that doesn't mean anything. So yeah, I I know that she knows Thomas is not the right person for her, and so I no, don't feel I that think worried about it. Keep him all around for the ride. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I, I think I mean, she wants him to be in her top four still. Yes, absolutely. Three, probably. Because she probably likes to date him, which is like, yeah. okay, good for you. Um, oh Michael. my God, Michael's one-on-one. Eee, this is so cute. Okay. Michael, is it, Eight. what year is it, Julia? Is it 2010? Is it 2010? And I'm picturing the full, like, is it, welcome, like, you're watching Disney Channel. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing right now. Michael and Katie both look like together, they would be on, like, one of those newer Disney Channel shows. Like, I'm getting like Wizards of Waverly Place vibes. What was that one show that was I'm like? Gonna say, I was scared you were about to start listing newer ones that I never heard of. Oh no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not that young. I was like, newer as in Wizards of Waverly Place. Yeah, as in Wizards of Waverly Place. That is newer 2008. to me. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, Michael looks like there. a Disney star. Katie looks like a Disney star. They're going to have Disney Katie babies. Katie looks straight up like Miley Cyrus and Selena Gomez had a baby. Oh my God. Absolutely. Um, okay. I love that she goes ATVing with him because he's so... I Okay, I don't think I... Maybe I'm wrong and tell me I'm wrong if I am. I don't think I've ever seen a date, a one-on-one date where they like purposefully choose the like super dorky guy or super dorky girl for like a very like broy date. I don't remember that ever happening. I won't say it stood out as rare to me. Okay. I can't say I can pull one off the top of my head either. So maybe you're right. It felt so cute. Like she wanted, she wanted Michael. She chose Michael, the dorkiest guy in the entire group to go ATVing with her and that that was so oh it just like melted my heart because that's what he needs you know like he needs somebody to like light him up and like he needs a little fun I mean what we uh, like long story get to is like this journey for him is taking time for himself to like invest in himself have a life have fun have some adventure be happy just like do whatever flip an ATV although I guess that was Katie not him yeah Katie love this girl though she flips her ATV and straight up like the EMT is like rushing over like are you okay and she's like I'm good she's literally like this is what we mean when Katie's like a people pleaser and she doesn't know when to say that she's not okay like I relate to that fully. I feel like that would be me. I would be sitting there like laughing my ass off at the fact that I just flipped a fucking ATV. Holy, I'd be like, I am upside down suspended in my fucking seatbelt. Yeah. This is hilarious. 
it's so funny and I love the way she handled that I also like the way she talked to Michael about it she's very comfortable with him she can already joke like with his him bruise hurt my neck a little bit but that's and that's all, again relatable it's like yeah you're not gonna like make a, you don't want to go to the eat fucking ambulance for your sore neck and your bruise whereas some people would really milk that oh totally like fucking Rachel with her stupid hell like what was it her fucking <laughs> skydiving skydiving thing where she she, like didn't do what she was told and she and she like hit something and then she was all you're supposed to sit when you landed she landed feet first which made meant she face planted and fell on her face first yeah idiot that was dumb um yeah I felt like we were watching two very real people just go on their first date and that is rarely seen on this show a lot of the conversations are very canned they're very predictable to what typically happens on every season the same conversations about like you know I don't even know I don't even want to like speak about them because it's just the same thing over and over again and I can't think right now exactly that's the thing it's it's the same thing over and over again it's the same thing over and over again but this was like so real and so this was a really great conversation we hear okay so we had heard him talk to the guys that his wife died of breast cancer but we kind of get the detailed version of it he married his college girlfriend they had a kid and right after he was born she was diagnosed with breast cancer and they spent a few years trying to find you know medical care and cures to obviously no avail and she died two years ago it's 2019 yeah and the thing is not it's fresh it's It's, I would say it hasn't been a long time in terms of like grief and bereavement and like the process of that that's very fresh like I but not in like an unhealthy way where I felt like the way Michael was talking about his relationship with Katie after that was very healthy it felt like the right like he was just ready and I like I think that's true as she's the first person he's dating post he finally is ready to date and of course it's the middle of a pandemic and he's like has a kid and he can't date and he doesn't totally raising his son by himself during a pandemic she died like the year before this shutdown so like he was going through that with like a young son by himself it might have been 2017 it might have been it might have been 2017 that she passed away I I was pretty sure I thought maybe diagnosed in 17 okay yeah maybe I I don't know I might be wrong I could also be wrong about anything but I'm pretty sure that like like, a couple podcasts since okay like I've heard it referenced as two years ago Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's, so that's fresher than I, I think expected. it was two years ago. So I feel like Katie's the first girl he's dated since. And like this whole thing, he's been, that's cute. He's ready to date. Investing, taking a break, having his grim, you know, he's like taking a month and a half. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's like six weeks to eight weeks max. Right. 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 Exactly. So to himself. And I just, I feel I'm very happy. The way him. that Katie kissed him after he told her that and like it wasn't a trauma bonding like I thank you for sharing that in a way that's like I want it was good it, it wasn't like a a weird like she felt the need to heal him through yeah like she didn't get excited about his grief you know what I'm saying yeah. like weirdly so many humans experience that I experienced that I'm sure you experienced that where we get kind of like 
weirdly emotionally invested and like excited about somebody sharing their grief and like really just so alert and like romanticizes all of that. And it wasn't that though. It was more so I think her just feeling good energy from him it had nothing to do with his story like I think if he hadn't shared that they would have equally had an amazing kiss I think you're exactly right she literally started making out with him like against the fucking I think they might have had a couple drinks too (laughs) but like it looked it was the most non-cringy kiss I've ever seen I was about to say it was I liked watching it so far like weirdly enough I wanted to watch them kiss it was very cute like I'm not normally like that but I liked that a lot I want him to go all the way better than watching some paws paw at each other we literally see them oh god I can't Holly the Connor B thing is just like he's such a like 50 yard fake out type situation where it's not not in the sense that like he's not cute or he's cute and then up close he's ugly but like in the longevity of the relationship yeah. like we think that he's the 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 guy but it's like a whole fake out like no yeah. Ooh, no um and then we at the very end of the episode like I'm just gonna jump ahead because we're just that's talking all that's about because basically the rest of the episode was what she gives him a rose and yeah. I don't even know what happens next do we we hear some fighting between all the guys but we already talked about Hunter I was gonna say we can finish up. yeah no it's giving the rose but she does say every rose I offer you I'm also giving to James and oh, I had a moment son. where I'm like, did we explain that his son is named James? Because all of a sudden I'm like, fuck, guy. I know, literally, I thought it was, I, I, I was like, what? I, I was like, wait, you're giving it, it to- That um, they're in it together. They are brother husbands. <laughs> they are now a team. And that James and Michael <laughs> are one unit. And if James gets a rose, Michael gets a rose. If Michael gets a rose, James gets a rose. And that's how my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's hilarious. This is what I also get from it on a more serious note. Like, I feel like Katie, as we've mentioned several times, is wanting to people please, wanting to just like be kind of jokey, like not really like prioritize her feelings, but more so make the guys comfortable. And that's what she's kind of been doing with Michael saying like her little phrases of oh, I kind of felt bad about keeping you here and all of those things. She's kind of trying to people please in that way and feel nonchalant and casual about her feelings Mm -hmm. about him. And then the second that he got serious, she was like, wait, I can be serious too. Like I can let all of this go. I can let this weird, like, that's like performative. Very adaptable. She's very adaptable, but she's also finally being her authentic self. Like, I know that I've always been that way in, like, relationships that never worked out. I was always, like, cool girl. Like, I'm going to be cool girl. I'm going to be, like, the hot chick that, like, I'm just down with anything. Like, I don't care. And then the second I met, like, my partner for life and I actually learned that I could have emotions and be, like, serious about my genuine feelings and be honest with myself... I was like, holy shit, this is real. Like, I can do this and I don't have to play cool girl anymore. Like, I can just be myself. What? That's real? And that's the impression that Michael might be giving to me is that Michael could be her, like, her person to, like, 
right her person to really make her feel like she can be herself i want that for her i want it to be michael i like michael i didn't i wasn't sure if i about Michael I knew I liked him for the show I wasn't sure how much I was gonna be like eye roll like oh he's a dweeb but I'm gonna make fun of him and like and yeah enjoy exactly the whole process of it yeah but nope I just like him I just like him I just, I like, just him. like him and I think Katie just likes him and she can't explain it no yeah I think <gasps> I think that'd be great I think they would be so yeah. great and I will be I I actually had a moment when I was watching it after their date that I really almost wanted to look up spoilers because I was so invested they all say Greg that's my fear same I haven't looked any of them up and yet I already can sense in the air that all of them say it's Greg but reality Steve sucks as we've all established it has been wrong a lot so my hope is Greg goes home like two or three so it's hard yeah. to say because that's the thing is reality Steve is really good about like up until the last few and after that true what say. if okay but this is the thing what if it was between Mike and Michael Ooh, that would be a lot what if it was That'd like be Greg, a great finale wouldn't that be a great finale Greg Mike, and Michael is. me too but I also don't, I want Mike to prove that he's not as good as we want him to be. Because if she doesn't pick Michael in the end, if she doesn't pick him in the end, I know for a fact, it's going to be one of those situations where she breaks it off with the guy she picks and she goes to Michael. Like I am, I have never in my life been so confident did about the Julia fact that Michael just has called the first Mesnick bachelorette. I did. I did more than anything in the entire world now that I said it (laughs) I want that so badly I feel like he is her hero that she doesn't see because he's a dork and then she she turns him down she meets she I always say the best other guy happened to the bachelorettes because women are too too good at you know they either got it or they don't but I would love nothing more than to be proven wrong and to have her pick a shitty person and then go back to Michael I would live for that I'm getting hot (laughs) we're just getting hot up in here Greg and then Greg sucking and then her going (gasps) to Michael Julia yeah I guys I've never been so excited like this makes me like 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 this keeps me up at night this idea I love it. I love That's it. it. We got it. We got to call it for the night. Okay. That's Michael it. We left it on such a high note. Everyone hates Thomas. What else? They literally there? watched the fucking stars above them. They oh, stargazed. The they the stargazed, and she jokes. She freaking jokes about O'Brien, and he's like, "That's an Irish man." And then he, she literally says that. That star is Michael is a pain in my ass. Michael, pain in my ass. And he just like giggles and like, you know that she's going to be the funny one in the relationship and he's just going to be like, oh, Katie, you're so cute. I love them. I'm in love with them. Katie and Michael forever. 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 Ever. This is what it means that Katie ended her season early. (laughs) Obvious he's so obvious I feel like okay this is what I said when I was watching it to Hannah 
I was like, she's going to literally go on group dates after this and stare at him and smile at him so hard and literally just like watching her and him so intently. She's going to be like, that is my husband. Like she's going to look at him like Claire wishes she actually looked at Dale. (laughs) How she thought she was looking at Dale when she was actually looking like that. Yeah, literally when she was actually just like fooling herself and continues to be fooling herself. Let's be honest. Like, it's not. I mean, I hope they get married and have babies, whatever. Whatever, whatever. I hope he impregnates her soon. She deserves babies at least. She does. They would have very hot babies that she wants, you know? Yeah, right. I hope he treats her well. Whatever. We just didn't see what she saw. And so I just don't believe it. Yeah. It's hard to say, but yeah, they are, you know, together. They're together. They're like getting a place in New York. She's been spending a lot of time in New York. So yeah, they seem actually, I feel, I buy it. I buy it. I buy it. I buy that they're happy. I don't buy necessarily they're forever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is totally valid. And maybe we're wrong. I don't know. I just like fully the way that the show depicted it did not see what she saw at all. Mm, he was hot. He was hot. And perfect. I think perfect on paper was a lot of it. So. Right. Right. But exactly. Maybe there was but something in person palpable, you know, I am it. picking up some genuine husband partner for life. Katie literally met her soulmate on TV Monday night. I hope so. I hope so. God, I will hate us so much if if Michael turns out to be like not that way. I mean, what if how could that happen? How could that happen? What yeah, if he I think the out? worst that could happen is he's not. We get over. We're like just over it, and we're like, eh, lost his luster. I just don't know if that could ever happen because of how the chemistry that was there was just so like whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. All right, guys. Well, we will talk to you next week, week three. Can't wait. Can't wait. I hope we see more of Michael. Yes. (laughs) Bye.